El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. And then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, mind your own business. Joining me today, it's, I mean, it's just me and Jeff. Do I have to do this every time? I'm Adam Todd Brown. Jeff is Jeff. We do this. We do podcasts. Jeff does a bunch. I do a bunch. And then you listen to them. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Todd Brown and Jeff May. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, Jeff is back. He's not Hey, dead. everybody. It's so good to be here. It's me, Jeff May, from, from the podcast. I'm back. Jeff, how you doing? How, how you, anything not anything a, going not on in your life? Is wrong. Yeah? <clears throat> you can cough. It's fine. I got COVID. It's going to happen. I got Jeff's going to cough. He's got COVID. I got COVID at the end of COVID. The end. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like embarrassing that I got it this late. You know, but well, it's just like I was home and people just didn't care. I mean, we've we've been down this road before. I think you got you getting COVID is like the midseason finale of COVID. Like we're going to have a couple months where it seems like it's over. Then it's going to be the fall again and people are going to be like, oh, it's done. And then there's just going to be another wave in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it was definitely weird. And it was definitely there's a lot of small town energy in how I got it. Yeah. Because like, I don't mind wearing masks, man. I, you know, I'll go into a place and wear a mask. But there's literally no point in wearing a mask if you go in a place and everybody is not. Yeah, that's I have to travel soon. And that's kind of a concern. I <laughs> also was, have started to think maybe some of that three month mystery illness I had might have been COVID. A little, a little peppering of COVID, a little dash of COVID. Yeah, because some I I read up on it later, and sometimes COVID is just stomach stuff. But I got a booster in the midst of all that, so I won't. I I have no way of knowing because I'll yeah. have the antibodies either way if I were to take a test later. So yeah. I don't the know. trip home, the trip home was a mix. It was certainly a mix of of the good and the bad. Obviously, um, started out yeah. good. Shows were good some frustrations and complications that come around, but that's, that's how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there. That, that's a usual trip home. Yeah. I was there for 12 days, which is too long. And I didn't want to be there for 12 days, but lot. the way the shows that I had booked were like, I didn't have room to not, I had to do it. It was like, as soon as I could go. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm, how are I'm, you? I'm glad you're surviving. I'm good, man. We are recording. I'm especially good because I didn't have to do, any research for this week's episode because a few weeks ago we did a Q&A sode where me and Jeff answered your Twitter questions and here's the thing we got so many we couldn't answer them all so now we're just going to answer the rest of them here and maybe take some questions from the audience we got a live audience watching we got a a live audience ladies and gentlemen which is a thing i think we're gonna start doing more often is just letting people watch live we used to you know read comments at the end of the podcast maybe we could just have people jump on and ask us questions at the end of each podcast now you know what came across my youtube algorithm was an old list cast that we did 
Oh yeah. We used to do list cast live. Yeah. I still do list cast live when we do it. It's just, yeah. just having the time to book it and come up with the topics. I do a lot of podcast people. I don't know if you know that, but we'll get back to list cast at some point soon. Yeah. So yeah, we're just answering more questions. If you're watching this live on, on the zooms, put your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. If you have a question and by that, I mean, use the raise your hand feature on Zoom and then eventually we'll tag you in like the WWE and you can ask us a question and we will answer your question and you will be on unpopular opinion. You'll be on pops. So uh, also maybe tell us ahead of time if you don't want us to say your full name. I can edit that part out, obviously, yeah. like the people watching live are going to hear it. But, you know, if your if your uh, Zoom name is something you don't want me to say, just mention it when you ask your question. I'll figure it out. I'm a professional, a big boy editor. I know how to do this. I will add, who the fuck do you think you are not wanting to be associated with us? How dare you? And telling us what to do. Yeah. Honestly. Like, like we'll that. do it. But also, you scum. Yeah. The gall. The, the absolute audacity. Gall. Oh, audacity is what I'm going to have to use to bend to your will, your majesty. All right, Ooh. Jeff, should we get to the questions? Adam, I think we should absolutely do that. I don't know. I Did you recognize any on here that we already? No, these these looked clear. I, I did. I, I ran through my COVID fog and looked through and these all looked good. Perfect. <laughs> I'll ask the questions this week. I'll be the good idea. Yeah, because Jeff's just feeling it. <laughs> Here we go. First question from Ben Weston at Lewisburgs42. Hey, lovely people. When you started the podcast, were there any other podcasts or audio comedy that influenced you? I'm going to be 100% completely honest and say no. I did not listen to podcasts before I started a podcast. And I still, for the most part, unless I'm in the car with my wife, don't really listen to podcasts. I just, I don't have time. For one thing, I make them all the time. And when I was writing primarily, I would listen to music when I wrote. I can't listen to a podcast and write an article. I'm not crazy you can't person. Put words down while somebody's doing words at you. Right. I mean, someone can be doing melodies that have words in them, but no, you can't you can't be telling me information while I'm trying to tell people information. So no, not really. And also when I started writing it cracked, I stopped reading cracked because I didn't want to. I mean, I would have to read stuff I edited and things like that, but I didn't read like my fellow columnist stuff because I don't want to be influenced by it. I don't want what other people do to bleed into what I do. That was my thought at the time. Now I just fucking rip people off relentlessly. It's everyone's business model. Just joking. I still don't. But <laughs> what about you? Is there are there any podcasts that you are influenced by? Influenced by no, there's ideas that you know what I I will say I do is I do definitely like rip some of the ideas of like Patreon tears from my friends. Oh sure, uh, yeah. I've essentially just uh, cobbled together secretly incredibly fascinating, gamefully unemployed, and unpops together to try to. We put know. Together. What do you want from me? Well, yeah, and and why wouldn't a person do that? Yeah, why like, why 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 try to reinvent some? It's like reinventing the wheel. Like, right. And I look at what works and what I would be willing to do in those tiers, uh, what is within my ability, and I'll do that. And it's advice you'll get every time you set up a Patreon. They'll say, yeah. go look at what, like, are you doing podcasts? Go look at another podcaster. Yeah. Set up similar levels. No one's going to be mad about 
that shit. Yeah. From an audio perspective in, in regards to comedy, I there are certain stand-up comics that I still enjoy because they're just very funny. Yeah. But but you know, I haven't really absorbed, you know, you wouldn't see me running around like me doing Mulaney wouldn't work. Right. So it doesn't really it doesn't really land. Um and then the other kind of stuff like I really I used to really love like Flight of the Concords and Lonely Island, like comedy oh, yeah, music sure. when done well, I very much enjoy. And I think that also has something to do with the fact that that's not something I do or can do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. See, so, that's like, the thing with podcasts. It's it's like I do podcasts. I don't I don't want to hear other I don't want to hear my yeah. contemporaries do them. I don't want to hear my peers. We were doing some inside baseball about comedy before we started recording. And one of the things I used to do, and I've heard other comics talk about it, specifically Annie Letterman once mentioned doing the same thing, but I wouldn't watch stand-up specials. Like, I still, for the most part, don't. Like, I'll watch a John Mulaney special. I'll watch, like, Tom Segura. But if you're a comedian and you drink, especially, or if you just have a bad memory, you should be careful about how much comedy you consume as entertainment. Because if you take in the wrong thing while you're drunk, you're going to think it was your joke a few months down the road. And that's how parallel thinking happens. Like you accidentally are going to steal from someone. And man, I had a colleague who will go unnamed who I think that happened to a lot. At least I hope that is what was happening because the alternative is very unpleasant. But I think that's all it was. Yeah, influences are weird. Like with comedy, it's hard to toe the line between influence and just doing someone else's shit. It's different in music. Like you can be influenced by one particular guitar player and take that style to your own music, but it's harder with comedy. Yeah. And it's also much more obvious in comedy. Yes. Like when you see somebody try to be a Jesselnik on stage and you're just like, man, I don't know if you know this, but that's a very specific cadence. Yes. And also it seems like only he's allowed to do it. Like, unless you're just doing the cadence, like anyone can do yeah. the cadence, but Anthony Jeselnik jokes, he's accepted that he's going to be at a certain level in his career for the rest of his life. And he's fucking riding that out yeah. and good for him. Yeah. No, he's, I'm happy for him. He seems like a nice enough guy. He does actually seem like a nice guy. He's a really yeah. good comic. He's a very good writer. Incredible. Fantastic writer. His bit about Clapton's kid. Oh my God. So good. What kind of mischief that little tyke got up to? What a clumsy little tyke that fella was. Oh, man. You know what? Eric Clapton <laughs> deserves that. He sure does. Fuck Clapton. All right. Next question. Ray Guevara at Ray Guevara. What is your least favorite quality about yourself and why does it persist? Oh, man. How much time do we have? Yeah, right. Just I can just pick one. Just one. My least favorite. I don't know. I don't work out enough. It seems like I get to working out and then hit some sort of obstacle and I stop working out. Granted, in this case, that obstacle was my bowels caught on fire for three months. And so now I'm like just now getting back to the point where yeah. I can like walk around the block for exercise. You were like Tim Roth in most of Reservoir Dogs. It was <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. And what I found is a lot of the weight I lost, I think, was muscle weight. Because like as soon as I started exercising again, it's like, oh, I've gained 10 pounds. It's like that I, that yeah, it doesn't sh seem right. shouldn't happen. But yeah, it's because for three months I couldn't move. Like yeah. it was a chore to take a shower. And so 
like I, I didn't move. I think my muscles, I probably lost muscle weight too because I had been working out so regularly up to that point. But yeah, yeah I wish I, I wish I took better physical care of myself above most other things, I guess. Yeah. For me, it would be a combination of two things that work together hand in hand, which is uh, procrastination and self-doubt, which like the imposter syndrome thing. I know objectively what I'm good at, what my skills are, what I am capable of doing, uh, that I am very smart, that I am very funny. I know all those things, but at the same time, I am hobbled by my, what if I'm not, what if this project isn't good enough? Um, I can, I will rewrite, I will write and rewrite something over and over and over again, because if it's not up to my standard of what I expect from myself, I don't want to put it out there. And a lot of that is, I think, a fear of putting something that's of a lower quality out. Yeah. So I end up shooting myself in the foot and taking too long on projects because I'm a not so much. I mean, I guess it's a perfectionist, but it's more just a procrastinator who's like doing like, man, you're, you know, you're not doing what they're doing when yeah. you look at and, and, you know, having hobbies and things like that, it does take chunks out of the time that you could be doing other things. And we were talking about another podcaster who is incredible. I was having this conversation um, with Tom Ryman, who just puts all this stuff out and is like always on top of things and really great. And it's like, well, their hobbies are just being smart and doing smart people things. And I was like, man, I, I couldn't imagine having my shit that together. Yeah. I'm scrambled. Yeah. I am to a pretty high degree also, but I've, you know, I've, I've found a system that works. I think like I, I don't have really productive. Yeah. I don't have the same self doubt about whether something is going to be good. The, Time I spent at Cracked, I got a lot of confidence out of that because there's not really any way to prejudge what you're putting out, especially when I was at Cracked. I had basically no editorial oversight. No one edited my articles or punched them up. Sometimes I would let people do the photos and captions if I was like running behind and didn't have time to do that. But I preferred to do that myself too. And so it wasn't going through any kind of filter. I wasn't getting any feedback before stuff went out. And man, nine times out of 10, when that shit went out, the feedback was very positive. And so it just like, I know if nothing else that I'm funny and I know how to write jokes. As a stand-up, I don't have the most amazing stage presence, but I can write a fucking joke. And, and I know if something I write is funny or not. So that helps. Like, I don't have concerns about quality. I just sometimes my lifestyle gets in the way of my productivity more than anything else. Like, kind of like you were saying, but like my hobby is smoking a bunch of weed and watching basketball. Like the NBA playoffs are, are, are wrecking me right now. There were four games on yesterday. And I'm supposed to like research and work like that's part of the reason we're doing this episode today, because I'm not going to research anything when I'm trying to watch four games in a day and barbecue chicken on the grill. What? That's April Madness. It is. It was so much fun. Oh, so much fun. Uh, So, yeah, I think we answered that question. Anything else? I think uh, I mean, what about five hour energy? Are you getting concerned about how much five hour energy you consume? Because no. before you ask, in terms of alcohol, I 
a long time ago got concerned about that. No, I'm, I'm not that concerned about it. I'm actually well, not anymore. I like I got kind of concerned about the amount of weed I was smoking. And also, I didn't realize the impact nicotine was having on me emotionally. Like, there's all these commercials now where people are like, man, those fucking gas station vapes will make you fucking depressed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize the amount of nicotine in those. It's so much more nicotine than a person should be taking in. And when I stopped vaping, I immediately started feeling better. And it's to the point now that I've completely cut out nicotine, which, man, was that a fucking yeah, that's a, deal. Yeah. But it's like I just within the past month have like completely stopped nicotine and I sleep better because people are like, oh, it helps you focus. No, it doesn't. Like it, it does in short bursts, I'm sure. But once you get that shit too built up in your system, it's not helping anymore yeah i mean the five hour energy i i don't necessarily go too hard against it primarily because i don't necessarily think i abuse it i'm not sucking back energy drinks all day i'm you not drinking drink coffee. coffee yeah like it's it's the caffeine and like fucking synthetic vitamin b that i'm putting into my body once or maybe twice a day um and then i just go to bed yeah and it's it's your alpha brain and before people snicker at that, your coffee is your alpha brain. Like, that's all it is. Like, everyone has something they take to wake themselves up, mostly, unless you're an annoying fucking hippie. And not everyone drinks coffee. So, no, yeah, I, I guess it's it. fine. Like, the, the amount of coffee some people drink, like, the five-hour energy intake <laughs> could not ever compare to that. Well, the other part, too, is like I see a lot of people, they'll like they'll drink monster energy. They're like sipping energy drinks like it's a beverage to be enjoyed. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? These things taste like someone pissed on a pile of sugar. Yeah, the reason yeah. I do five hour energy is so I can be done with it. Yeah. Energy drinks are gross. I can't. Do I it. slam it back and I'm like, good. I don't have to fucking deal with this anymore. Yeah, they're nasty. And I get too edgy. Like I can't do, I've found, I don't know. I think I smoke too much sativa. Like my central nervous system doesn't respond to stimulants the way yeah. it used to. Like I, I get panicky kind of. So I've had to like, I've had to really change uh, my weed intake. I've cut a lot of things out of my life, completely cut nicotine out. Uh, I'd cut back on how much coffee I drink. I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. Yeah. I mean, I just, I try to just, you know, I don't, uh, I, I try, I don't abuse, I don't abuse it. Yeah. Next question, or should we take one from, should we take one from the audience? There is only one, right? Well, there's two people have their hand up and there's, there's one in the chat, right? Yeah. That's the one I saw. That's the chat. Let's, let's do that one. Who's it from? You asked okay. that one. Uh, Tyler Allen says, what advice do you have for people who want a creative career? Mm. Oh, here's the thing. First of all, you have to have some talent. Nothing makes me more upset than when comedians, when someone will ask them this question, they put their nose up and they're like, nothing will help but practice. You have to do 10,000 hours on stage. It's like, man, if you're not good at comedy, you can do 50,000 hours on stage and it's never going to help. There are people in LA, there are people in every corner of the world who have just been grinding and grinding at this shit for years and years and they fucking suck. There's delusions. Yeah. Be realistic. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think my advice would be know when you're driving down a dead end street. 
there's that the realism in there and then there's the I, I don't I don't love this idea because of where I am at my career where I'm I sort of am like fuck this but like you know people ask all the time like I, I want to do how do you do this how do you get in there I was like well get ready to eat shit for like kind of a long time like you're going it's not going to be like oh you want you want to start a podcast what's your plan like if you don't have a plan you're fucked because yeah. I hate to break it to you, but three guys on a show talking about stuff while they drink beers is a fucking terrible idea for a podcast. Yep. Um, unless you already have several million people that follow you, you're going to languish. But like the idea of like, you know, I'm only now making enough money to survive. And it was from, you know, working really hard and and trying to help build up projects that I believed in and and sticking with it for the most part uh <laughs> but you know you it, it's an ugly and difficult the creative space is ugly and difficult yeah and there's a big push these days and i'm part of it that says don't work for free don't like you you don't you have that talent you don't let people have it for free that is not always the case like there are going to be times where if you're just starting out, working for free is your only option. Yeah. And I think a great example of that would be podcasting. Like that thing Jeff said about already having a built-in following. If you don't, then you are going to be among that 97% of podcasts that do not make any money, any. And then among the 3%, there's levels to that too. Yeah. Like it is going to take a lot of work if you haven't already put in the work to have a following. Like if you just got famous because of a viral video or something, then yeah, you'll, you can probably just start a podcast and it can suck and it'll be fine for a while. But even then you're going to have to eventually be entertaining about it. But chances of that happening are slim to none. The, the more, yeah. and with writing, like when I started writing professionally, granted it was the mid 2000s, but the first thing I did was reach out to a site that I knew didn't pay, but I liked what they did. And I just reached out and asked if I could write for them for free. And that gave me like the practice and the confidence to know because there was like a whole built in community there. And it gave me like a little bit of confidence. And then with Cracked, I got paid to write there, but I had to submit them ideas and they had to approve them. It wasn't just, hey, I have this idea. Like, will you give me money if I tell you what it is? Like, you're going to have to give up something at some point in the process for free, whether you're a comedian, a writer, a podcaster. Once you hit a certain level where you're making money, yes, don't do it for free. Except even then, like podcasts, like I'll go on a podcast and not get paid for it for sure because it promotes my podcast. Yeah, that's part of the payment. Like, yeah. you know, like exposure exposure works when something is big enough that it can get you in there. But it's also like these podcasts that are big enough are also if they're not paying you to be a guest on it, is it's also like kind of shitty. Like, I'd love to be able to pay my guests, but I don't have the listenership. Yeah. That are, but if I ever make it to that point, you bet your ass I'm going to do that. Yeah, we pay guests. Yeah. Like, I don't know if people know that, but like, I don't just pay the hosts. Like, I pay guests on. We don't have a lot of guests anymore. It's mostly just like unpops where we have guests. Most of the shows now, there's just like set yeah. hosts. But yeah, even when we have guests, 
we pay them. And I, I would argue we pay them way better than most comedy shows in L.A. pay. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. Jeff, oh, yeah. Yeah. Bond at Captain underscore Jub Jub wants to know, what two basketball teams from any era would you most want to see in an all-out brawl? Can I say something? Because I think you and it's, I know the answer to this because it's what we kept playing against each other, right? I mean, I guess it's a brawl, but the teams that we want to see play each other is, oh, for me, it was the 86 Celtics. And for me, it would have been the 96 Bulls, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the 96 Bulls would wreck the 86 Celtics uh, in a brawl. I don't know, though. Like, it's got to be, I would say, like, Malice at the Palace Pacers versus Bad Bad Boys Boys era Pistons. Something like that. Yeah, I I want the Malice at the Palace to happen with all the same Pacers participants, but in the 80s against the Detroit bad boys. Here's what I want. Ready? Yes. 86 Celtics versus the 85 Celtics. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty great. Let's see. Youth versus experience. <laughs> Who gets Len Bias? You know what I'd like to see actually is I'd like to see the bad boys versus like the the peak, the Shaq Kobe Lakers. I think that would actually be real. like I'd like to see I'd like to see a famously rough team fight Shaq. Oh, yeah. 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 That would be interesting. Like, or to see them fight like one of those really good late nineties jazz teams. It's like, yeah, there's a bunch of straight lace Mormons, but they got Carl Malone coming out of their corner. That motherfucker's going to suplex all of you. Bash at the beach Malone. He'll, He'll beat him so bad that he'll never admit that they're not, he's not their father. He'll take his shirt off and end about half of those people. Like, remember Dennis Rodman didn't want to be seen without his shirt on next no, to Carl Malone? No, especially not to Carl Malone. That man was an Adonis. My That's God. so funny that he clearly got extra jacked for, for this because he was so into it. <laughs> he did. Like, like he... He got jacked in a way that was probably not good for his basketball career, but because he was so into wrestling, he just had to do it. Yeah, and people talk shit about Rodman spending time getting ready for that stuff. It's like Carl Malone was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. But his team's lost in the finals. <laughs> Thank God. Woo! But hey, at least you want to bash at the beach. Yeah. Congrats, Too bad John man. Stockton ain't passing him a box of vaccines. <laughs> Oh, is he an anti-vaxxer? John Stockton? Yeah, he's become a real piece of shit. Oh, I thought you meant Carl Malone, but... Carl, I would put dollars to donuts that Carl Malone is also... He's a big country music fan. That speaks to probably being an anti-vaxxer. I know that about Carl Malone. He's a big having sex with a kid, denying the spawn and getting away with it fan as well, so... That's unfortunate, yeah. Yeah. But he's the mailman, you know? He's the mailman. Delivers everything but a ring. Exactly. John Stockton, assist king, but cannot assist with getting you a ring. I just made that up on the fly. Okay. Hey, you are, you might as well be performing at the Nas concert. I fucking burned John Stockton just now. It's going to be on Sports Center top gonna, 10 tomorrow. Carl Malone's going to have to deliver a nice healing salve, <laughs> or he'll clothesline me on my way out the door tomorrow. <laughs> Either way, Jay fine Lena by will me. Come, come finish the, uh, finish the damage here. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ian Leffingwell at NerdWriter. That's W-R-I-G-H-T-E-R. Ian Leffingwell, he is. Ian? Oh, Ian! Is Leffingwell? That's the most British name I've seen in quite a while, mate. How's you laughing then? Well, governor? In it. Bruv, bruv. In it. What's the best color for bed sheets or bathroom towels? Um, I have a definitive answer here. You know what? I gotta be honest. I, I fuck with white. Oh, hard disagree. I go dark gray because it's going to show that like white is going to show any dirt. So like if you're like even trying to use it more than once, good luck. A dark gray, like just a, it it matches everything. Like you can complement it with any color. It's not going to show a bunch of wear and tear. Like if you spill something on it that doesn't come out in the wash, no one cares. It's dark gray. They can't see it. It's, it's perfect. I, uh, bed sheets, bathroom towels, both. A dark gray. I mean, I generally, for towels, I'll use black or uh, a black or, or maybe a red. Um, for That's a why towel. you can go fuck yourself. For bed sheets, though, I don't know, man, because uh, I, I, give me the color where, where, where a bust and a nut ain't going to show up all over it if things get out of control, you know? Yeah. The only thing I spill on a bed sheet, to be 100% honest, like I'm not eating, you know, ravioli in bed or anything. Yeah, a, a white is, is fine for a bed sheet. Uh, a light blue. I don't mind a light blue. For oh, I don't mind a, bl- a light blue either. Yeah. Sheet. But I've, I'll still go. I'll still go a gray. I'll still go a gray. I, I feel like mostly black is where where the sex crime stuff shows up. Yeah. But I would say so. Yeah. I hope we. I'm. I didn't know they even had bed sheets and bathroom towels in England. I think they're knitted. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're so like then just hand. whatever yarn you have at hand. Yeah. Whatever color the sheep next to you what, is. Di- yeah, what dyes are they are they using now in England? Yeah. What are you what are Not you gonna purple, obviously. We can't afford that. What are you gonna turn inside out to make Uggs? Just fucking use the use make it that color. K C A wait, what? I said mate. Mate in it. <laughs> it's like like the British people say, bruv. K C A, comma, night of autumn at he's a knight isn't he is another knight at initiative of one that sounds lonely do you see podcasting getting bigger smaller or staying the same in the future it's probably gonna get a little bit bigger for a while probably bigger something will happen that will kind of ruin it like when terrestrial radio fails and a bunch of people start moving over to podcasts like once the boomers are really going to start getting involved in that, and I hate to use that word derisively, but what I really mean is once once the radio crowd really comes into podcasting. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they have kind of like it's. Well, they're working on it. Yeah, it's well, it's just been like the Internet radio companies like iHeartRadio is buying up a bunch of podcasts like the all the companies are getting way into it. And that's why it's going to get bigger. I'm just wondering what is going to be the thing that undercuts it and makes it worse it'll either be like a change to patreon or people will start raking in youtube money because video podcasts are such a huge thing now like it doesn't seem like they are but they are and every podcast hosting platform is pushing 
people to start doing video podcasts. And I know YouTube just started a thing where they're investing in podcasts. So it's it's going to get it, they're going to be the new internet videos. Like it's going to be the new YouTube content, which it was already kind of heading toward, but like people want the actual video. They don't just want like anyone can post a static image with audio under it and there's your fucking audio podcast. But like for some reason, people want to see this that's happening right now, which is just me and Jeff fucking looking at each other. I don't, fucking get, blah, blah, blah. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get, why would you want to see Jill Rogan's face? Be like, <laughs> like the blunt, bro. Just listen to the podcast, go to the zoo, watch the apes <laughs> bash into each other. And yeah. you've got your video podcast. Yeah. Fucking just, Joe Rogan trying to make a decision. You want to see Elon Musk, huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> fucking loser. But if I've you never could have seen, seen somebody, what Jeff just did, that was very fun. A, a billionaire that sucks that much while trying so hard not to suck is very satisfying to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Elon Musk doesn't need to be the way he is. I don't get it. Like, I feel like people would, Lord. people would appreciate Elon Musk if he would just cool out a little bit. But nah. before he became an edgelord, he, people were like, ah, oh, this guy's kind of fun, you know? Yeah, And then he just really like he got like red pilled, basically. He sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was probably always that way. It's just like Trump brought so much of that out in the country in general. Yeah. But anyway, that's where we see podcasting going. <laughs> hey, Walter Ego, do you want to ask us a question? I hope so, because you are allowed to talk. Ooh, Walter Ego, come on down. Hey. 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 Um. So my question is, what is your favorite cover of a song? Oh, that's it's hard to pick just one. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, Oh, God, I'm really on the spot now. I feel like this uh, Nirvana. Yeah, it's going to have to be a few. Nirvana has a bunch of covers on the Unplugged album that are just amazing. I think their version of The Man Who Sold the World is better than the David Bowie version. Their cover of In the Pines by Lead Belly, which is called Where Did You Sleep Last Night on Nirvana Unplugged, is phenomenal. Like most of that album is covers, which is why MTV was so mad about it at first. <laughs> and those covers are really, really good. Um, so, yeah, it's hard for me to pick just one. But so, so spinning off of that, I would also suggest an entire covers album which is called medium rare and it's by the foo fighters i'm gonna say it's called bronson arroyos covering the bases (laughs) exactly foo fighters i over the years have grown to like them less and less but also r.i.p taylor hawkins that fucking sucks and cold day in the sun is one of the foo fighters best songs from the 2000s song he wrote and sang but uh they're an amazing covers band holy shit Oh, they, they covered Keep the Car Running, and it's incredible. Almost. They can cover anything, and it's going to be good. And Medium Rare is a covers album they put out on Record Store Day years and years and years ago. And I wish I didn't sell it because those original copies now are worth bank. But they finally, I think, I think you can just, like, stream it online now. And they have a bunch of Prince covers that are really good. Like they cover Drive Me Wild by Vanity Six, and it's so fucking fun. Their cover of 
Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty fucking rules. So there, I guess I did have an answer. Yeah. How about I you, like, Jeff? Um, yeah, asshole. I, I have a few, a, a, oh, I called a you few an asshole for no reason. For no reason. Go I'm, on. I, I guess I'm one of those. Um, I hit a couple that that I go back to a lot, and I think "Don't Dream It's Over" by The Head and the Heart, mm-hmm. covering um, I was it Cutting Crew or some shit. I don't know. It's not Tears for Fears. Tears for Hey Now, Hey Now. I think so. Something like that. The, like... the cover by The Head and the Heart is fantastic. Yeah. Um, time after time by Quiet Drive, covering um, Cindy Lauper is fantastic. I don't know. I'll tell you what my least favorite ones are. Give me a white guy with an acoustic guitar covering a hip hop song. Oh, yeah. Fuck. That. I hate those so much. Yeah. The Ben Folds one was kind of cute and novel. And then after that, and even the Ben like, Folds one is Dynamite Hack d- did that. And it's like, well, that tracks like Chet Faker was. And they're all just Does Ben Folds say the N word in that song. Oh, God, I have I to go back and listen. I really hope so. He um, does, actually. I feel I like he might. Ooh. Ooh. Got a little Fun Rogan there. But um, along those same lines, I, I'll tell you, a rapper who does some really interesting covers is Snoop Dogg. He has a cover of Lottie Dottie by uh, oh, yeah. Slick Rick that's really good. He has a cover of The Vapors by Biz Markie that is really good. Snoop that's Dogg has- That's on the has, Dogfather album. Yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg has a few interesting <laughs> covers of his peers. And mo- a lot of rappers don't usually do that. So that that's- No. Those are fun too. Well, because they sample a lot. Yeah. So it's kind of- Yeah, but co- I mean, cover songs- like I know there are versions that I've heard a lot that I've really enjoyed that I'm obviously blanking on, but you know, the ones that I like the head and the heart one, I, I don't like the normal version of it, but I love their cover of it. Yeah. And that, you know, it's, it's like watchtower by uh, Hendrix when you're like, Oh, this is just like a, like a good version of a song that's bad. Yeah. It's so different. Like the Bob Dylan version isn't awful, but it's a Bob yeah. Dylan song. And all along the watchtower by Hendrix is, like he yeah. most it's one of those songs you a lot of people don't even know it's a cover because his version is the dominant yeah. version. Like I will always love you. Yeah. Or Blinded by the Light by Manfred Mann. That's a Springsteen song that just sounds silly. Yeah. I mean it's not bad, but it sounds weird. Uh so yeah. Thank you for the question. We appreciate it. Yeah, that was a good question. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Where were we in the questions? Oh, Adam, I got a question for you. Go ahead. From Norman at he is trouble underscore man. Cookies or brownies? Cookies. Same. I'll tell you why. Many more options. More options and brownies are so easy to fuck up. And a dry brownie's a bummer, man. Such a bummer. I'll tell you what though, a good brownie with chocolate chips in it done right, can't beat it. Oh yeah. But cookies, like I mean, what what kind what do you want? A Milano? A Nantucket? A Chesapeake? What are you looking for? Yeah. You know, an Oreo? Yeah, brownies, like you can go blondie, but then that's a that's a whole different thing. And no one who's, yeah, who's eating those? Who's eating a blondie? Whenever somebody's like, look what I brought, my famous blondies with coconut. And I'm like, you. Yeah, who are you? Get the fuck out of here. Planet, did you fall here from? Yeah, yeah I fucks with a brownie where there's like a little che- a little cream cheese swirled in, a little cheesecake swirl. I fucks with that. But yeah, the, the options are limited. A brownie needs ice cream. A, br- a brownie needs accompaniment for me and cookies don't although milk obviously classic choice but you can you can go solo 
on a cookie. Brownies, eh, I need I mean, stuff look, with it. If I'm at a place and somebody nails a brownie, it's a superior experience. Oh, for sure. But also it's such a limited, it's all like from, from a flavor perspective, you're right. You need to have the cream cheese or like, I don't know if you've ever had a black forest brownie, but buddy, mm. let me tell you. No, I don't for a little German chocolate. Get out of here. No. Well, in that regards, the ones I've had, it was just been like a regular one, but with, um, cherry with cherries in it. Oh yeah. And I fuck with that. Yeah. But you're right. Cookies. There's more varieties. My wife makes these cookies that have, uh, white chocolate chips and cherries in them and oh, so good like that you, wouldn't work you, in a brownie I, would it probably not i think you mispronounced it it's um my wife. my wife yeah right i said it wrong uh yeah cookies man cookies are so much better than brownies brownies are just like be cake don't don't fucking be hat don't do it halfway go be cake if you want to be cake yeah but you give me a good fudgy dense brownie though yeah, but they're so rare. I fuck with it. They're rare. Yeah, I, like, and it's it's like a meal. Question, like a brownie's like a fucking meal. Like a cookie, I, you can just that's a snack. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna switch the question to make it a bit more because cookies are just dominant. You the question should have been either cookies or cake, because then mm. you get that option of variety. So it would be brownies or rice crispy treat. I have a fundamentalist stance on rice crispy treats. Like I'm I'm going those over most things. Let me tell you one of the most disappointing moments in my entire life. I was working at an office job and they did one of those birthday things where someone would make you treats for your birthday. And it was like borderline mandatory. And the woman who got picked to do my treats was like renowned for her baking skills around the office. And I was like, just make me some Rice Krispie treats. I know you as a skilled baker are going to make some fantastical version of the Rice Krispie Treat. And Jeff, she fucked him up so bad. It was like I was eating styrofoam. Like they Oh, would, did they get like stale? I somehow think she got them to stick together without putting marshmallow in them. I don't know what the fuck happened. They were like rice cakes. It was so, it was crushing. She ended up buying some at the store on the way to just like make up for the one. But she still she brought she the ones shit. that she made and everyone tried them and it was like, yeah, you botched this my mom used to stir peanut butter into the marshmallow nope i don't make them and let me tell you though that was fucking dope no it tastes good but i still i like i'm a i'm a minimalist when it comes to a rice crispy treat i like it just just the way it is i accept that the the peanut butter is a good option you can make them with chocolate i need uh, i need an action i need action in my rice crispy treats A, a, a plain standard rice crispy treat two bites and i'm i'm over it but if you start doing weird shit in a rice crispy treat Mm. i'm down yeah, Rice Krispie treats are just one of my favorite things. Or like a Fruity Pebbles treat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get the variations yeah. are good. But if you nail a Rice Krispie treat, so good. Yeah. So good. There you go. But like for real, at not the only Aaron, Jeff, what's your biggest regret from teaching? And what sport do you not even like? Adam, what specifically is Jeff doing to mock you? And where were you on 9-11? You Ooh, go buddy. first, Jeff. My biggest regret from teaching is not i don't know it's hard i don't really have a lot of regrets from that um i i don't really know i mean not maybe the only regret that i might have would be not getting into the entertainment business while i was a teacher and waiting until i was done because then i really feel like i hobbled myself in the performing arts by not starting until i was 30 yeah so you know and I know everybody takes their own pace, but that's really the only thing I regret. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
What sport do you not even like? Oh, man. Golf. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even like playing it. I've played it a few times and I was like, I don't like this. I don't mind playing it. It is genuinely one of the harder sports to watch on television for sure. I wouldn't even try it in person. I'm not like, what do you have to walk the whole time and like, yeah, follow like what people? do you do? Yeah. Have John Daly shooting shots at your face. Yeah. Yeah. Golf. Yeah. Golf. I agree. He didn't ask me, so I don't have to answer that question. Right. Uh, what is Jeff doing to mock me? Nothing right now, which is surprising. I don't, I don't do anything. So he does do that thing where I talk and he like moves his mouth like in the, this exaggerated manner. <laughs> But he's not this doing a, it now. He's a, gaslight. Well, it's he's gaslighting me. Business. Jeff is gaslighting me right now. That's what he's doing to mock me. <sighs> you're crazy. <laughs> if you think that you're crazy. Yeah. Should I should I should I take a nap? Do I just need you're rest? acting irrationally yeah. right now? Yeah. Being emotional. You're right. Where uh, were you on 9-11, Adam? At work. I'm old, man. I was sitting at my desk at my day job when 9-11 happened. And all of a sudden, the Internet started working really slow and people were like, what is going on? And it turned out the world had changed. Didn't take long for John Mayer, did it? <laughs> exactly. One of my most enduring memories of 9-11, besides the one I mention all the time, which is that I still went to Best Buy and bought Jay-Z's The Blueprint and Bob Dylan's uh, Love and Theft album, because those both came out on 9-11 and I wasn't <laughs> terrorist win if I don't buy yeah. those day of. But I went in the break room at work at one point to get more coffee and looked up and it just happened to be the moment the first tower collapsed. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Because up to that point, like, because the internet stopped working, we were getting like scant bits of information about how bad it was and what was happening. And then to walk in and see that, I was like, wow, that's Dude, different. We, I was in college in my, one of my like big education classes and somebody walked in, whispered to the professor and they said, oh, okay, well, we have just been informed. And they were like, we've been informed that uh, a plane has struck one of the towers. Um, we are going to send you home and we need you to watch the news for the rest of the day. And they basically told us, go home, go turn on the TV and watch the news. Yeah. And then we did. And we we all went back to my one friend's apartment because he had the big screen TV turned on the TV as the second plane was starting to come in. Yeesh. And I was like, oh, I made it. You know, it's like you just made it back from a commercial break. Yeah. I um, don't remember what season it would have been. Probably one that came out around 2002, though. But if you want to watch a shockingly compelling piece of television, watch the episode of the real world that they were filming when 9-11 happened i believe one of the people in the house it was their birthday and it is depressing to, i mean it's should, it's depressing but it's also it. such a crazy time capsule of that moment in history like just to know that that, that should be more popular that there's a 9-11 episode of the real world so how funny would it be if they edit it so they don't mention that it's their birthday and they're just like, it's September 11th. <laughs> and they're like partying, like, I'm going to party. I'm going to call all my friends. We're all going to get drunk tonight. <laughs> that would be very funny. Intercut just, with all the scenes of like carnage. Or just edit 9-11 out of it altogether. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like they just celebrated their birthday and didn't watch TV at all. But they're really sad during their birthday. <laughs> Alex Harless at Stupid Dummy. What would your pro wrestling gimmick be, Jeff? Hmm. My pro wrestling gimmick. I don't know. It would probably have to be like some sort of like vigilante character. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You? Oh, probably like a, a stoner. Or something a guy something with easy. a gun yeah yeah exactly yeah gun owner win every like fight yeah yeah guy that brings a chain to the ring Oof, like that. Junkyard. the fact that junkyard dog didn't win every fight yeah he he really didn't they didn't let him use that chain enough i feel like he would have thrived as a wrestler andy peters has such a great joke about that about jake the snake coming in with the snake and he's like you can't bring your nickname down here <laughs> i'm looking at you hacksaw <laughs> There you, could was, just, you could just use your nickname as a weapon. Well, I'm Andy the Machine Gun Peters. <laughs> there is a list cast episode out there about the best pro wrestlers of all time. And someone picks Chris Benoit and Andy Peters is on that episode. And he goes, he murdered his family, though. And then he goes, most lethal finishing move in the game. <laughs> That's such a good joke. Oh, he's incredibly funny. If you're not familiar with the comedy of Andy Peters, check it out. <laughs> and I think he also called it the 97 home gym match. <laughs> oh, shout oh, out man. to Andy. He fucking rules. I got to so get him funny. on an episode again. He was but he was going to do one and then had incredibly yeah. good news that he got called away for, which was great. Yeah. Illuminati symbols, commissions open at Crippled Giraffe. I with think it's no Alex. Email. Is that Alex? Okay. I think it's an Alex. That no. might be an Alex. Ever broken a bone, Jeff? Yes. Yeah. I've broken my thumb on my left hand twice. Um, yeah. Uh, one time, somebody I was wrestling, backyard wrestling, and somebody rolled over it and broke it. And then another time, I was playing football, and I broke it. I, I broke the ring finger on my left hand playing basketball in school. Got my shot blocked. I'm pretty sure I broke my toe at one point, but what are you going to do? I didn't go yep. to the doctor. Like the doctor's going to be like, yeah, you broke your toe. You want me to put a fucking cast on it? Just take it mm -hmm. easy. So that healed. And I definitely broke both of my arms at the same time once, it's which classic Adam story. I love it. Oh, it was, I was in my thirties working a paper route as one does. This is before I realized I could write internet comedy for extra money. It was like four o'clock in the morning and I was walking across the street to deliver a paper and there was the city was doing construction at this house and there was a pole in the ground but it was only sticking like six inches out of the ground and it was dark and I didn't see it and I tripped and when I fell I braced myself with both of my hands and my arm bones slammed into each other and both of my elbows broke and I realized it right away. Like I tried to throw one more paper and my arm was just like dangling. And here's the thing. I had to drive myself home with two broken arms, which I was only able to do because I was like a couple blocks away. And then I get home. My girlfriend at the time gives me a bunch of shit because there's going to be an emergency room copay. And it's like, that's the talk we're having right now when I have two broken arms at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Some people you're like, well, how are you a person yeah, a yeah. after this conversation? Yeah. And you're going to have the nerve to be surprised when I break up with you. But she, we get to the hospital and yeah, I broke both of my arms. And in the emergency room, they were like, you broke your right arm. And I was like, no, both of my arms 
are broken. I broke both of my arms. And they were like, no, look at the x-rays. They're not, you only broke one. I was like, I fucking guarantee you I broke my left arm also. And then they assured me I did not. I get all the way home and they called me and were like, oh, hey, we were wrong. You broke your left arm also. So I had two broken arms. I had to wear sweatpants to work because I could not button my pants to go to the bathroom. I could barely wipe my ass, but only because I used wet wipes and they don't require as much pressure and action as toilet paper. Like I was that far from having to get a fucking nurse. It was bad times. Did you sue the city for that? The, I should have, but I didn't. The newspaper company, as it turned out, the woman whose house I tripped in front of was a newspaper company employee. So the newspaper company just gave me money like straight away. So that helped. And beyond that, I didn't like deal with a lawsuit, but I probably should have. Yeah. Remember when newspaper companies had money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'd probably, they'd probably have me killed now if that happened. Cheaper than paying you. Yeah. Just to avoid the liability. But yeah, it sucked. The place I worked for at the time put a bunch of pressure on me about when I could start wearing regular pants again. It's like, I don't even deal with the public. I had a limited amount of vacation time, so I had to come back to work after a week. And about three days after that, they held a big rally for a girl who didn't have vacation time who hurt her knee playing kickball. And it's like, where's my fucking rally for vacation time, you monsters? I'm here with two broken goddamn arms. That's why my entire goal in life was just to not have a boss or work in an office. Well- what a shitty thing to have to experience after you break your arms. This is just yep. them rallying for some bitch and then twisted her knee. And them being like, hey, when do you think you're going to be able to go back to wearing khakis? How unliked were you at that place? <laughs> highly, highly unliked. I, I, I think we can guess. We can guess from that. Yeah. Fuck them. All right. This next question is interesting. It's from Spencer Saunders at T. Lepre. I don't know. I'm not deciphering. Yeah, how much, if at all, do you alter your stand-up sets when performed in different parts of the country? Context, saw a comedian from Seattle this weekend who self-identified as a lefty, but then pandered super hard to the Midwest conservative audience. Seemed like not something most unpops people would do, but maybe before you had as much of an audience? I, I would not. I never have. Because of the type I, of shows I do. Like, they're probably in a comedy club. Here's the thing. We do a little bit because we alter with like kind of crowd interaction and, oh, I got this at the fucking at the target over there. Like, we'll we'll, local references happen. Well, that's different, though. Like, it sounds like they're saying this person like changed their politics a little bit to pander to this audience, which if that's the thing that happened, then no, absolutely not. But, yeah, you work in like, of course, you want to work in local references and things. You do have to read the room, but you don't want to lose yourself. Right. So I I guess that's I had uh, one of the things is a lot of my mom's like old people friends came to my show and I doubled down on anti-cop stuff. Like I actually went harder. I like made them regret coming to the show. Good. That show sold out and these fucking dipshits got one of some of the tickets. So I was just like, I'm going to make you really mad that you paid money to come here. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like when you say read the room, like there's a difference between knowing what jokes are going to go over with what audience 
and what jokes aren't. And what, again, what I'm gleaning from this question is that this person like kind of veered to the right. Kind of rolled over, yeah. To pander to this audience, which one doesn't surprise me and also fuck them. Like, yeah, that's again, I've said it a bunch of times. That's kind of the shit you have to do to if those are the paths you want to take in comedy, especially doing like comedy clubs regularly. Sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, especially in clubs when they're like, um, we have an audience that tends to not react well to politics. So then you have to become this neutered dipshit. It's kind of one of the reasons I I only like to do independent stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sell out, you know, a 400 seat comedy club by name, but a brewery where I can collect every dime of ticket sales and they make a ton of money off of alcohol sales. That is the perfect experience for me. Yeah. Comedy clubs are a dinosaur. Buy drones or at pig fingers to you. If Kurt Cobain was alive today, what should his reasoning be for being at the Capitol on January 6th? Here's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he was, for one thing. Kurt Cobain, after having done an extensive number of podcasts in a podcast series about Nirvana, he would have some trouble navigating the Me Too era. Like, unless he got ahead of things like the Beastie Boys did and just at some point, like, sent a letter and was like, hey, remember how I used to call every female journalist who said mean things about Courtney a ugly pig baby who should have been aborted, who I will murder if I see them? Sorry, that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. But if he didn't get out ahead of that stuff, that was going to come out. And, man, there there was some problematic shit about Kurt Cobain, even though – because that's the thing. Like, Remember there was that point in like when all the sexual assault stuff like related to Me Too was just starting to happen. And there was that like guy people would describe who was like really vehemently feminist in public. And then you get him behind closed doors and he's kind of a piece of shit. He doth protest too much guy. Yeah. I think Kurt Cobain would have gotten a lot of that because he really got held up as kind of a feminist icon for, you know, supporting female bands and getting murdered by his wife and things like that. But man, his interactions with women who, especially women who criticized him, also the women he dated before Courtney Love, man, he broke up with one of his girlfriends by going on a television show in England and saying, I just want to let everyone know Courtney Love from the pop band Hole is the best fuck in the entire world. That's how he broke up with his fucking girlfriend. He couldn't just call her and be like, you know, this isn't working out because he didn't like conflict. So he would pull stunts like that. And just like as a band member, he was kind of a dick. Like Kurt Cobain would have he would have had a fucking reckoning if he didn't get he's executed by the CIA. I would have considered him the Bill Maher of music by now. Maybe, like the yeah. best way to describe he like one of those like overreactive people that cannot handle the criticism of their behavior and actions. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't know how he would have changed as a person, because what if the Beastie Boys fucking broke up and one of them died after like Paul's boutique? Yeah. They, they were pretty quick to, to disavow a lot of the music that they had previously done, too. Yeah. Yeah, they did, but it was like there was yeah. a good 10-year span between when the album that was supposed to be called Don't 
B N F word. F word. Yeah. Uh, came out, and when they and they basically just sent a letter to a newspaper, and were like, "Sorry, women and some minorities and uh, gay people and like." <laughs> the license to ill album is. It, I never liked it the way, like, I love the Beastie Boys as my first concert, but I never really enjoyed that specific album. Like, that wasn't the one that spoke to me. So it's interesting, too, because then you find out later, they're like, oh, they don't like that album either. Like, yeah, I never got into the Beastie Boys because I was way into rap music and the Beastie Boys, they were a rap group, but they weren't good rappers. They were unique, which is, I think, why it landed. They were, and obviously, obviously, we know why why it landed as well as it did too. But like the reason I think that they gravitated so hard to like Bismarcky and why they're all like best friends is because they're like joke rap. They're an art installation of rap. And I felt the same way about Bismarcky. Like I, I I didn't. Yeah. Like I, I was some as a rap music fan. Like it was exclusively what I listened to, like in the late eighties, early nineties, as a fan of rap music, I appreciated good rappers. Like I liked big daddy Kane. I liked rock him and the beastie boys just weren't that they made rap music and they had a lot of good songs, but they just weren't my cup of tea when it comes to rap music in general. But yeah, they were able to deal with all their shit. Maybe Kurt Cobain would have too, but Kurt Cobain was a stubborn motherfucker, man. So they went knows? kind of oh, they went overboard with it. So I remember they did a tour with Prodigy and they were like, can you not do smack my bitch up on your on our tour? And Prodigy was like, the fuck did you just say? Like, do you not understand yeah. the point of that song at all? Yeah, but you don't you don't book Prodigy on your tour. <laughs> you don't want them they to were, play smack my bitch. And Prodigy was like, you know, that song is bathed in irony, right? And they're like, yeah, but we don't want you to do it. Yeah. I just saw a thing. Apparently, Billie Eilish brought out Haley Williams from the band Paramore oh, yeah. to play Misery Business at Coachella, which is very interesting because Paramore stopped playing Misery Business because despite being written and performed by a woman singer, that song is misogynist as fuck. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's all more, you're just a whore, you know, that that'll never change. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it is a mean, mean song about a woman who just like had sex with someone before Haley Williams had a chance to have sex with him, I think. But when Billie Eilish comes calling. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. And you're also not going to be like, hey, Billy, you're very young. Maybe you don't realize this, but that song's not good. That's a bad song. There are I, I would argue there are better Paramore songs. The only exception is a better Paramore song. And that's not even in the same style. I, I saw Paramore in concert. And man, let me tell you, it was so much fun. The Seems like it would fucking be. bass player was doing like flips while he was playing. It was dude, fantastic. Did you, did you see when Twitter found out that how beloved Paramore is in the black community? No. Apparently, it's like this huge thing. I did. Yeah, I, I know. I know nothing about this. Yeah. Yeah. If you look it up, it's it. And then and then people were like, wait, what? And people couldn't figure it out. And it was very fascinating to see that uh, discourse. Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah. Paramore was a good band. Um, I liked Be Your Own Pet better, but it's fine. It's yeah. fine. One of them had to be bigger than the other. And I guess Paramore won. All right. Last question or wait, yep. we have one more Q&A question. Also, Jennifer Fendelanders had her hand up this whole time. Must be very oh, tired. Get her in there. Uh. Jennifer, hello. Ask us a question. Hi there. 
Um, so what is your favorite either single episode or season of You Don't Even Like Sports? Ooh. Ooh. I would say, I would say Jose Cast might be my favorite episode. I mean, my favorite season, primarily just because I think that was something new that we were playing around with. And it, it, it wasn't structured that we were doing a sports podcast regularly. It was just something that we were both very interested in doing. And we were, we both kind of had, it was almost like the same idea. Yeah. We're both like, we should absolutely do that. And, you know, I was obsessed with Jose Canseco as a kid. Uh, the book is, <laughs> the book is great. Um, I personally, I mean, I love, like, you don't even like sports is the podcast I do that I feel is the most underrated because our fans are not sports fans. So they'll just skip it. Yeah. Which is a tragedy. I think it's one of the funniest things we've ever done. And it's also, I think, the most fascinating thing we've done what's your favorite uh season i liked jose can say cast a lot too i've liked them all but i feel like so far john daly is one of my favorite maybe my favorite just because the journey it's gone on because at first because i knew so little about john daly and that, those are always the most interesting ones like the music podcasts we do like the corn stuff is the most fascinating to me because I knew nothing about corn and corn and John Daly take very divergent paths. I got deeper into the corn field. Oh, and uh, <laughs> it turns out I like their music and they're good dudes. It seems like they're genuinely good people. John Daly. I hate with the burning passion of a million sons right now. Like he seems like such a shit person, but when it started, I was like, oh, this guy's fun. He drinks a little too much, but he's so good at golf. And ain't that all that matters? It's like, no, also don't throw your wife into the wall and disappear to a casino right. for three <laughs> days, you fucking maniac. And then fucking have the monster. gall to write that book. Dude, Oof. it's how many times did we get tagged in the Hooters thing? Did you see that when they <laughs> yes. made that announcement? I was I think I got tagged in it probably 40 times. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. You hear this? It's like, I sure did. And I don't, I'm not upset about hearing about it again. And yeah. How much does his kid look like him? Oh, his kid looks exactly like him. Tragedy. And it's like, you got a deal to promote Hooters across all your social brands. Motherfucker, I don't need a deal to promote Hooters across all my social brands. I'm a true. You do for the love of the game. I thought we did say we're going to kind of pull back from Hooters. They, yeah, it's they getting really way too expensive. I would need a financial deal to keep eating there. Yes. But yeah, that's yeah, why you need a Hooters that makes sponsorship. Sense. I would. And you got rid of the 9-11 sauce. Yeah. Bring back the 9-11 sauce, you monsters. You think we forgot? We never, never forget. <laughs> never. <laughs> All right, Jennifer, thank you for the question. We appreciate Thanks, it. Jennifer. You're welcome. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you, bye. Wow. Oh, thank you. We. Uh, I would also like to add that the, I really enjoyed the Tony Stewart one. Yes. Like that one for me, because it's probably who I, what I know the least about. I've, I've really enjoyed them all. Yeah. Maradona, I, I genuinely, too. I genuinely feel like, and if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to You Don't Even Like Sports, you really should. Um, it's, it is the thing I think is the most underrated project I've ever worked on. And, you know, I know people that other podcasters are like, that's my favorite podcast. Yeah, it's part of the twin towers of the most underrated stuff on the network. The music podcast and the sports podcast are both so good. And with the sports podcast, people don't 
like sports. And with the music podcast, it's a thing you mention about your podcast sometimes is people will be like, oh, well, I don't like corn. It's like you don't need to like corn. The podcast is just good. Like it's just fun information to take in with your ear holes. And I think people would like it if they gave it more of a chance. But And side note, Adam and I are plotting our next season. We're going to get that started sooner than you think. We sure are. I think we have it. We have it narrowed down for sure. There's a couple people that we're going back and forth on. Yeah. Because it's important to us that we don't repeat sports right away. We, we want to make it, you know, we, we're again, we always say people always will give us like really famous people to do the podcast on. They're yeah. like, you, you know, you should do Mike Tyson. I'm like, I feel like they got that covered. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of Mike Tyson info out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I already mentioned the how has the vision for the network changed and it, you know, I just but I didn't have out, one going in. Shout out to at the bald night yes. for that question. But yeah, the the um well cuz you know, I mean when it first started, I remember when you were at Crack and you were like, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Want to do it?" And I said, "What is that?" Yeah. Yeah. Like it was I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I had basic idea. But to see where it's come from, where it started, first off, I'm incredibly proud of you. No, um, shut up. I, I know, I hate to break it to you. But yeah, it's been, what, uh, almost 10 years. Yeah, the first episode was 2013, but it was tail end of 2013, I believe. It was before the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Because we talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Me, you, and Josh Denny. That wasn't the first episode. Wasn't it? No, he didn't get brought on for a while. No, he's on. He's on a very, very early episode. Um, no, it was me, you, and I think it was uh, Brockway. Oh yeah, yeah. And then there was one with me, you, and Lori Kilmartin. Yeah, really early. The the first on Pops. It's uh, you know you listen to them. It's they're they're different, but they're fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think the vision is I do want to genuinely get more eyes on the sports podcast and the music podcast. And I think I can see us as a network evolving into, I think, more video stuff, uh, more streaming type stuff, things like that. We do everything on Patreon right now. And I think we just need to have more of a presence, more places. So we're just going to get bigger, baby. We just going to get bigger, baby. It's so um, big. There's one more question in the question and answer, but that's more of like a plug opportunity that I can use when we're finishing and wrapping up. Okay. Then we are ending with Mike Talley. Ask us a question, Mike. You're on mute right now. There we go. Uh, hey, guys. Yeah. Um, I was just going to ask, what was probably the most exper- expensive experience you've ever had? And if you would do it again. So like either like a vacation or a big meal or, you know, something like you just spent a lot of money on and an experience though, not like a purchase, yeah, not a, yeah, not a product. <laughs> um, my wedding and uh, yeah, I'd probably do that again. Not to the same lady. <laughs> it was lame. I had a dope wedding. I had a killer I had a killer wedding, man. I'm like, I think about the whole process and it was just kind of wasted because my wedding was like this really rad winter. It was in the winter. It was in this really, really classic central Massachusetts inn or whatever. That was just beautiful. It was like this old timey farm cost like not a lot of money. I think we paid like 18 grand out of pocket because it was in the New England winter and people don't like doing that shit. Cake was dope as fuck. It was like a chocolate cake with chocolate icing on it with um candy snowflakes all around and a raspberry filling 
That thing Ooh, fucked. Yeah. I would say every time I've toured, it's been expensive, but incredibly <laughs> fun. But beyond that, I don't know. Like I've gone to some sporting events, I think, that maybe I spent a little bit of money on. Seeing the World Series. Seeing oh, the Red yeah. Sox beat the Angel, uh, the Dodgers in the World Series for 500 bucks for two tickets. That's so yeah. crazy. That's so crazy. God, that was so Oh, remember when we went to the NLCS game? Yeah, I was going to say we what a great experience. That was such a great experience. I shelled out a little money to see the Cubs lose in the playoffs, but someone hurled a beer at me at the end and hit a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Tecate curse, man. Yeah, a longstanding curse lasted <laughs> year and year. It's it took it took off for COVID, but it was so good, though. Seeing a, a baby got hit by a beer <laughs> a baby's, meant for us. That's so fucking funny. That baby's an alcoholic now. <laughs> that baby's got hit a baby. That baby likes to party. That baby like that baby doesn't like to go to baseball games anymore. <laughs> it's a good baby. All right. That was a good question. We appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. So I think that's it. We did it. It's a long episode. It was. It was. Uh, we've been at it for a little bit. Uh. But, um, you said there was a, a question you can use for a plug opportunity. Should we get to plug opportunities? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, Jeff Has Cool Friends is a podcast I do. Um, I have cool friends and I have a podcast called Jeff Has Cool Friends, which you can listen to at patreon.com slash Jeff May, along with the monthly Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl. And again, that's at patreon.com slash Jeff May. We have all that, all that out of the way. Tom and Jeff watch Batman and Gamefully Unemployed. And I don't need to promote you don't even like sports on here. But a question from Dre Alvarez says, did you, Jeff, try to get your hat on when you were on bullshit? Because uh, on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, the 20, I don't know, whatever, 7th, uh, on Netflix, uh, a show that I worked on is going to be on there. I'm in the trailer. So oh, you can check out bullshit on Netflix. And I cannot answer that question. I can't answer questions before it airs. Uh, folks, let me tell you, NDAs can be very expensive. Yes. Uh, non-disclosure agreements, especially with um, game shows. It's coming out on Wednesday. The trailer dropped uh, a little over a week ago. Wow. Jeff's so, going to be on the television? I, just think, I just, that's, that's what's going to bring Netflix back. Jeff being on Netflix. It's going to bring those it. 20 million subscribers back home, baby. You can tell I'm going to have a huge role in that because you see my face for like literally half a second. I mean, there's a couple people that they're getting like arcs in the trailer. And then there's <laughs> just me being like, I'm making like a face. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to be on a TV show, but I can't. I don't. Yeah, I, f I could probably tell people, but I'd almost rather it be a surprise because I feel like there's going to be some overlap with this audience. And there are going to be some people who are just watching it and they're like, what, what the fuck? I want yeah, that, mo that, I want that moment coming. for people. I want that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's happening soon. Like, like maybe next week. So Dude, if, it, if it hits next week, you and I just televised experiences, just owning the airwaves, you and I. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably do a podcast about the experience at some point in time too. Yeah. That would make sense. I'll interview you for your podcast. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, and I think that's that's it. What do I have? What do I have to plug? Uh, you know, patreon.com slash unpops, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You know what you can hear there? You don't even like sports and unpops music to podcasts mm -hmm. that you should be listening to. Maybe I'll put a couple episodes up for free this week. 
so people can get Do in the it. spirit. Or maybe just the next uh, sports pod will be free, and you know you can go back and listen to all the old. We'll, we'll figure it, it out. Yeah. Those are great. We <clears throat> will figure it out. But yes, you should be listening to those podcasts. And uh, that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the I'm not doing this voice rookie card. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. My lungs are a gem mint whore. Oh,